Yeah, do you remember? Like... Do you remember what my teeth looked like before the awful dentistry? No. No, oh, I, I looked like Bane's mask in my mouth. Which is oh. like, okay. Yeah, I wasn't able to do this until about two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded like it sounded like you were doing the Jaws impersonation. Yeah. Oh. oh, I see some fish. Man. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's crack on. Hello and welcome to Film Raw here on Bunkerzilla UK, the film podcast where we would be talking about the latest news and uh, movie reviews. But obviously, as pretty much, uh, well, we pretty well. <laughs> so, I, I, th- I think what what Mr. Bolton's trying to say is there is no film right now, there is no <laughs> cinema right now, there is no society. Everything is collapsing. We are living in Mad Max. Which I... We are, we are <laughs> two months away from the Thunderdome. So uh, someone find Tina Turner. <laughs> but, but Ian, what does love, what does love have to do with it? What's love I've got to do with I didn't realise that you too wrote uh, Goldeneye. You did Until recently. You no. Didn't. Oh. I just don't care. Yeah. I've, have you actually heard the demo version where it's just Bono and the Edge and a, no. like a MIDI keyboard? I think I'm scared if I heard. I, I'm it, scared to hear. Listen to that one. It's definitely the worst thing they've produced. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. I mean, but, at least they didn't like you know you didn't wake up one day and just all their demos was on your iPhone inexplicably. Uh, it's like we've given you a free album. I don't want this free album, but <laughs> but it's free. The weird thing is that that is the only album that didn't reach number one in either. Um, yeah, yeah, in the UK. I don't know, actually. I don't know. I, I'm going to ignore that. I, ignore I don't that. know the facts. So we don't know. Just... Well, and that's music, not film. And we're here to yeah, talk about film. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm happy to acknowledge my ignorance. Fair enough. But yes, welcome to Film Raw, where, of course, we would be talking about the latest movie news and reviews. But thanks to coronavirus, everything's up in the air and everything has drastically changed in a, in a small everything is not weeks. awesome so yes to quote the lego movie everything is not awesome in a way but uh yes i'm ian bolton i'm one of your hosts and i'm joined by my cohort as always christian r allen hello christian hello how are you holding up uh, i'm okay um i'm in quite a privileged position the fact that i have a permanent contract with a uni- uh, university so i i'll be fine economically um Unfortunately, because I'm so new in the role, um, they can't. I can't work from home. I'm still halfway through training, so I'm slowly becoming isolated in my building. My first day, there was about, about 200 people in the building. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, oh yeah, it's the midwifery building, so it's all the auxiliary nurses and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Now it's just one of two. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, they're, they're just scoping me instructions. It's fine. It's fine. I'm, 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 I appreciate I'm in a better position. Also, the fact that me and my partner haven't got children yet. Uh, <laughs> that I, I, All my friends with kids or my relatives with kids, they, they're generally panicking. The fact that how do we entertain our children when they're meant to be at school right now? Well, we might have some suggestions for them as we go through uh, some of the things going on. What, yeah, Netflix binging. Netflix yeah. is going to be the best friend of all people going forward. Well, Disney Plus does launch in a few days in the UK. Obviously, it's available now in the US. Mm-hmm. But uh, for us for us Brits, it arrives on Tuesday. 
It's good timing. Yes. <laughs> Very good timing for streaming service yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, and how are you? Are you still working in your office? Uh, no, I am working from home. So uh, I've been oh. kind of, so basically uh, my bedroom is my office, pretty much. Uh, so uh, I will be here from about 9am to 5pm and then I just kind of uh, go unwind in the lounge or something like that and just play some games or just uh, watch... I've been watching a lot of Lupin the Third anime at the moment, so um, probably probably not cinematic enough to talk about this time around. Maybe <laughs> if it's Castle of Castrillo, um, which is on Netflix, Studio Ghibli, we might talk about that in a future episode. Um, oh, that's a good show. You know, that's one of the few uh, Ghibli movies I've never actually watched. Oh, no, is, is it technically, it's pre-Ghibli, isn't it? Uh, it, was, well, it was that, then Nausicaa, then, then they formed Studio Ghibli. I think so, yes. But it was yeah. one of Miyazaki's earliest films. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, Which, yeah, it's, like I say, it's that and I've discovered Poco Rosso I've never watched as well. <laughs> oh, I think in the um, the US dub, um, they have Michael Keaton voice uh, Poco Rosso. The, I, think, uh, I think Michael Keaton should dub all voice characters in every movie. Oh, God. <laughs> but with the same voice. Oh, just the the, gra- the gravelly voice that we know Michael Keaton does now, like from Spider-Man Homecoming and Birdman <laughs> and stuff like that. Well, I, I, I like the fact that, although Christian Bale's my favourite Batman, uh, Michael Keaton is my favourite voice of Batman. Okay. Yeah, in the live-action movies, not, like, not, not the animated series, obviously. I, I was about to correct you there. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, no, all, all things considered, it's, it's all right. It's manageable at the moment. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there's... I was. It was just um up for <laughs> a month ago for the benefit of the show. Ian uh, bought me a subscription to my local cinema. Um, so yeah. yeah, of course, of course, you spent all that money on me going to see films. There would be immediately a global plague, which would close cinemas down forever. I mean, as a as a Cineworld customer right now, have they actually kind of just suspended? Cineworld film cards because I think it's a bit weird that you'd still be paying monthly for they the cards. Are, I got an email. They will be charging me monthly. However, they will reimburse that as credit once the cinema is open, which I makes sense for a business practice because they still need to generate an income. True. Otherwise, they will go down. True. And I would rather I would rather that and be reimbursed in the future personally. Okay. However, I can from a customer's perspective, I can appreciate how frustrating that is, mm. especially if you say. You lose your job mm. because of this. Yeah, I mean the the real terms. I mean, I know we're here to talk about film, but we, we, it's unavoidable. The real term mm. economic impact of COVID nineteen is on par of a total war, or at least will be. Yeah, if things continue the way they are. Yeah, and um, I'm. I think my my instincts tell me we'll be fine. Mm. Um, it's just I don't know what the society will be like when we get out of this in terms of engaging in cultural activities like film, like music. It's uh, yeah, it's it is a very weird time. That's the thing. Um, first and foremost, to also my workers that are listening, uh, I hope you're doing well. Yeah. Um, obviously, I, obviously, we both love the cinema, so obviously, the cinema's closing. You guys, who are the who are the backbone of the cinema industry, uh, you're you're either hopefully still having an, an income of some description, or you are you are unfortunately in a bad situation. We are with you, and um, we hope all is well. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, and that's what, and that's considering both me and Christian have previously worked in cinema, so it's uh, it's kind of a because because um, I know um, I know the manager who works at the Eagle Picture House in 
Henley on Thames and Dave Sharp Shop. They had a um, they had a uh, a Last Supper sort of thing on the last night before they closed the cinema. So did they um, did they play the Passion of the Christ? Probably not. That might have been a bit too strong, but no, I think they got I think they got a takeaway from the fish and chips just uh, just on the upper side of the car park and stuff like that. So that was quite nice. That's, that's quite what sweet. that's what you do for the, when you're waking your cinema. Is that the white is that the white expression? You, you go to awake, you waken. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not I'm not Catholic. I haven't got a clue. Yeah. But um, yeah. but yeah, other, other cinemas have been obviously putting up their sort of uh, sign saying we'll be back soon, hopefully. Uh, so yeah, please so, tell me there's a picture of Arnie on uh, all these posters. Sad, I mean, that's sadly just, that's, not, no. Sadly not, no. So but, speaking uh, of, speaking of like film news relating to COVID nineteen, have you been watching Arnold Schwarzenegger's public information videos with his little donkey? I have not actually. Oh, he has a he has a pet donkey and a Shetland pony that live in his house with him. <laughs> If if you were to tell me back in the nineties when I was idolizing this monstrous meat man <laughs> like Arnold Schwarzenegger, the literally the largest actor on the planet, mm. is now a sort of a, a shrunken seventy year old man who cares about the public, giving information on how to wash your hands whilst petting his pet donkey, I would have said, I don't believe you, but that sounds amazing and I'm glad he's living such a great life in his elderly age. because um, yes, because Equally, in the world of wrestling, the weirdest thing that's come out this week, but it's also wholesome and for a good cause, but also very jarring to the character that the wrestler in question is uh, the Undertaker has been. Uh, he he filmed a, pe- a public service announcement with his wife uh, Michelle McCall, uh, also a former WWE wrestler, and they were doing a, a small public service announcement about saving uh, tigers. And the video is just the two of them in a pool with a tiger, <laughs> and, then, and it's just it's just it's wholesome, but also weird because they're kind of going, if we can save the tigers. We can save the world, and it's the cheesy music. And I'm sat there going, "This is a great cause and stuff like that." But this is I'm, also the weirdest thing I've seen. I mean, it is true because without tigers, there would be no pollination. Mm. That's what Einstein said, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure to be perfectly honest. So, I'm, not, I'm, I'm sadly not. <laughs> it's the a Einstein. bee joke. Bees. Oh, oh no, we're going to need the uh, happening film again, won't we? I, I, in my head, I just went to the B movie. The best piece of like fan-produced merchandise I've ever seen in my life. I was walk- walked up to this guy. I thought he was wearing a grey shirt. As I got closer, I realised it was loads of tiny black lines around the shirt. And as I got even closer, I realised it was dialogue. And I said, what's this? He goes, oh, it's the entire script of the B movie printed on my sh- shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, I was like, you, where's, where, where's the jazz line? It's like, on my nipple. Ah, oh, that didn't happen. I'm just being facetious for comedic effect. Uh, but um, yeah, if, if anyone's listening, uh, because we hope you're listening to distract yes. you from COVID-19. That's why mm. we're not mentioning it at all. And we're, um, being, we're trying to be <laughs> as positive and happy as possible. Yay! Um, yes, free feel, feel free to send in um, B-movie related merchandise to... Um, what is your, what's your home address? No, no, <laughs> not I, my address. Send, send send pictures to con, uh, contact at bunkerzilla.co.uk. Let's see some pictures. Let's see some. Actually, let's just do a general film merchandise. If you've got any film merchandise lying around your house, which is unique, odd, fun, <laughs> amazing, weird, please share it with us because I think it'll be really, really cool to kind of show. Because I mean, I've got I've got an Age of Ultron um, money box on my shelf above my bed at the moment. 
And it's and it's just a, a plastic looking Ultron. I thought it was a bu- I thought it was a bubble bath, like one of those ones you get for kids. <laughs> no, 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 no. I um I the most excruciating memory as a child. I remember um well, I was about three or four screaming at my mum in a proper little an obnoxious te- temper tantrum. The fact that she didn't buy me Sonic the Hedgehog bubble bath. Oh right? no! And after relenting, after like what must have been an eon for my poor mother we went to we went to clark's which is in the uk the, like the, the shoe shop where kids get their shoes for school mm. and because i'm an obnoxious little brat apparently i was swinging sonic so hard i smashed it and this bu- bubble bath gel went everywhere it's like oh, you you bad person i am horrible terrible. person i'm, I'm a terrible I, I if i could meet my four-year-old self i'd probably give him a bit of a slap it's like oh, dear. i wouldn't do that animal animal cruelty is wrong why i'm trying to figure out why obviously because of the merchandise side of things it's like i can't imagine like what do people expect when they buy it's like i was in i was in poundland a few weeks ago yeah in in bristol and it was kind of like you just find avengers soaps on on the side it's like what what what's what do you think is going to happen when you have the avengers soap i know it's the merchandise (laughs) thing and it's supposed to impress the kids but generally it's like what is special about the soaps I'm. I've, I probably. I think I already gave this anecdote on a Trivial Titans um, podcast we did recently. But the angriest I've ever been with my um, my best friend, a chap called Tab, was um, we were at we were at a nerdy sci-fi auction, mm. and someone had soap bars in the shape of Daleks, and I, and I, I I sort of like you know banged his I banged his arm with my elbow. I was like, hey hey Tab, exfoliate, exfoliate, and Tab smiled like that's funny. Like stood up and to the whole audience went exfoliate, exfoliate, and had like five hundred people laughing, like nearing, nearly applauding. And he sat down, just gave me the look, the yeah, I stole your joke, bitch. <laughs> look, I would, I, 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 you know what? I'm gonna uninvite him to my wedding. I'm still uh, angry. I'm still bitter. Obviously, this is like six years ago. It's still, it still bubbles. It's still, still bubbling underneath. It's still bubbling underneath. Still the bubbling. Skin. Who's who? Do you think you like Ian, but you realise that you actually hate because they stole the joke? Is it me? I, I don't know. No. Maybe come back to me in a future episode. Possibly. Yeah. You have. You. you when, when I do. When I do much soul searching in in <laughs> in, in in lockdown. <laughs> in lockdown. Yeah. I, I would love to read your diary after lockdown when it's lock up. Day four. I think Winnie the Pooh is trying to kill me. <laughs> Day six. All the money for my Ultron figurine has mysteriously vanished. I blame the Shadow People. Ooh, ooh. ooh. But uh, yes, let's uh, let's crack on with the show. So basically, for this episode, we're just going to run down um, what's been going on with the movie studios, and and yeah. So obviously, we all know now cinemas are closed at the moment until further notice, but that hasn't stopped the studios from trying to uh to keep to keep going in a way so um so first and foremost uh several films understandably that would have been out around this time have now been delayed and there have been no new release dates given so that's quiet place part two uh minions two uh fast and furious nine has been pushed back to april 2021 uh mulan has also been uh put on the shelf by disney black widow has also been put on the shelf by disney so those are some of the big films that were coming up soon that are now not coming out period at the moment uh so um, what some film studios have done is they have broken the fabled theatrical window between cinema 
and home video release to bring uh, the current films that are currently at the cinema, or which would have been at the cinema, uh, to digital platforms. Now, Universal were the first to do this. So at time of recording here now, uh, The Hunt, The Invisible Man, and Emma are all now available to stream on platforms. They are costing at £15.99 uh, UK uh, pounds, and that's for a forty-eight hour rental period. Um, they're going. Do you, to- do you think that's too high? Because that's that's equivalent of a cinema ticket, and that's paying you, that's paying for your cinema seat, the ushers, yeah, but yeah, the the the, the overheads of the building. Um, we'll touch on that a little bit more. Let me go through the okay, go through okay, the list, sorry. and then we'll have a talk because I've got I have some thoughts on this anyway. Um, so uh, Universal will also release Trolls World Tour on April tenth as well. That would have been its original cinema release date, but it's going to go straight to digital. So uh, here we go. Sony are going to make Bloodshot, Vin Diesel's film, available on uh, digital from March twenty fourth. Uh, Paramount are going to release Sonic on March thirty first, forty six days after release, and and then. And Disney, Disney are the ones that are sort of doing some very interesting stuff. Uh, Frozen 2 has immediately been added to Disney+. Plus. Uh, that's in the US at the moment. Obviously, UK it launches on the 24th. Hopefully, that is going to be the case. Uh, Onwards uh, has also been made, made available digitally at the moment, and it will be added to Disney+, Plus in the US on April 3rd. Um, probably that might be the same time as the UK. We don't know. So Disney obviously taking things in their stride as well. So those are some of the the big things that have been coming from the studios. Because, um, yeah, when I, fir- we, when I first saw the stuff about Universal doing this, it's kind of like, I, it's a good idea at least to obviously get their content out there. Um, you know what? I think for the price, I think it's fair. Really? And this is considering that this, again, these films need to make their budget back or they need to attempt to try and make the budget back. If they're going to make it £10, for example, and your person owns it, basically you can have a family of five and you're paying £10 where... That's that's very true, actually. I hadn't considered that. Yeah, because so obviously, it, you're, it's one purchase to a device, yeah. not five, six tickets for a family. Exactly. So, for example, fifteen ninety nine. I mean, again, uh, a lot of similar prices are down to about five. Uh, they vary from venue to venue. So, for example, uh, the Reading View, which I go to a lot, tickets are four ninety nine for yeah. the, the cheapest tickets are four ninety nine. So you look at that and you go, well, that that technically is just about uh, a family of four. Or basically, you buy buy if you're a family four, you're paying for three tickets, and you're getting a fourth ticket free in, in a sense. And hardly any of that ticket actually goes back to the distributor and the budget and the. Well, it will it will go well at that time at the cinema. It at probably, the cinema, I mean, yeah, it doesn't go back to the cinema, yeah, because of obviously um, with the uh, cinema ticket side of things, basically film distributors will take a percentage of the ticket before that money goes off to the uh, cinema. And this is sense. why markups for food at the cinema are so high. It's so, uh, yeah. so if you want, if so if you love complaining about it, complain to the film studios. Don't complain to the cinema staff, please. Absolutely, absolutely. It's just yeah. a, a, it's a unfortunate economic model that we seem to have landed on over the last yeah. century. Uh, that's because, unfortunately, and, and and this is being some sort of the downside of I guess of mainstream cinema kind of kind of. Uh, dominating how uh, revenue is divided, and this is why film. This is why kind of like the big, the big box office numbers are always important all the time. It's because they're taking nearly eighty to ninety percent of that ticket, especially yeah. for certain films. Bond would have taken eighty to ninety percent of that ticket if it came out on April second. Um, and I know this because I worked at <laughs> I worked at a cinema at that time, and it was kind of 
well, you had this whole big list of demands from Sony saying, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't give tickets, you can't do this, you can't do discounts, you can't do this. Basically, you have to charge full price because we want that high margin off the ticket. Um, so, in a, in a way, I think, to, understandably, I can see why the price is as it is. It's simply to get budget back for these films because these films probably would have made comfortable money i mean for example invisible man was doing quite well um emma would be doing fine in uk cinemas for the for the concessionary audience um again you look at trolls world tour for example that probably would have been fine over easter over easter with the families um and yeah it's, it's essentially it's like the reason that money the price is as it is is the studios need to make their money back somehow because if they charge lower and if they charge it for to own, I mean, there might come a time in a couple of months' time where they will go, okay, now it's a tenant to own. So that window is probably still going to be in effect in some degree. But then again, it's still they need to make that money back. Yeah, it, It's kind of like I had a conversation with someone on the uh, Bunkerzilla Stomping Grounds, which is our Facebook group on Bunkerzilla UK on Facebook, if you want to join in the conversations there. Um I had a conversation with uh, one of the fellow Bunkerzilla contributors, Andrew Watton Davis, and he turned around and asked me, "Would I be prepared to pay fifteen ninety nine to say to see No Time to Die on on home release if it had to come to it?" And I kind of said, "Well, personally, preferably, I would like to see the film in the cinema. But yes. if that, but if that option was given to me, I would be prepared, prepared to pay a little bit more because I would like the film to make some money." or get money back because basically you never know this could be the last bond film and that will be a crying shame you vote with your wallet you vote with your wallet so i think if people really cared about the films they were well i mean yeah there's an element of entitlement when it comes to people oh it's ease of access since the dawn of online piracy yeah um but i mean this is why models like i mean this is why one of my big concerns about this um uh, increase in streaming services is I, I think it will actually make it uh, encourage more online piracy and I, I'm, uh, not, I'm not I'm not I'm not given a value judgment here I'm just more thinking in terms of pragmatic economics yeah. because yes I yeah, there's elements of the Hollywood system I dislike but if if they're making a stupid amount of money it ensures that I will have films which I will enjoy then I'm happy to yeah. put up with the nonsense and to be honest ho- hopefully this is a short-term thing so I yeah mean, i mean it's an it's an interesting tester as well to see what the the capability for a model like this would work for audiences at home because obviously some people still don't like going to the summer nowadays because well, of things like the food and and people clearly not going to watch a film to watch a film but they're just to sit there for two hours chatting with their mates i i love the cinematic experience but what Mm. in my head is the cinematic experience seems to be very different to a lot of audiences and i find noise phone lights um obnoxious food uh people just talking all the way through the film people talking on their phones um really takes me out of the experience and i just become i just become a bitter little miserable sod for two hours, so, um, I think if I I I'm, I don't think cinemas would die if releases were both digital and at the cinema at simultaneously. I think mm. you'd probably have a diversification of revenue. I think yeah. cinema will be fine because there are people who want to go to the cinema 
And yeah. I, I, like I said, I don't feel like I'm a part of that culture anymore in the, in, within this specific, within mm. our locale. Um, yeah. But I mean, I, I, if I, I was mean, given the choice, I would I'd gladly just sit down and watch it on my lovely big telly. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. If you've got the means and you think that's going to give you the best cinematic experience, then you pick the viewing option that works for you. I mean, I look at some of the films that are now leaving, that have gone straight from cinema to online streaming right now. It's like Hunt, Invisible Man. They're films I wouldn't necessarily go out my way to watch at the cinema. No. So, so you know what? Watching it at home for a slightly for around that price isn't too bad but i'm not that desperate to see it however Um, would you would you if it was avengers endgame or like you say the new bond you'd go you'd uh, pop out to the imax theater wouldn't you i would because i was very keen to see bond in imax before uh i think we're on the verge of booking tickets before we went oh we we were we were about half an hour (laughs) for booking tickets before we realized hang on the world's falling apart oh dear um yeah i'm uh, I think again, it's down to to what works, uh, and you know what? That might actually be quite telling. I think to to cinemas and especially the studios in terms of what films go to a cinema. Yeah, um, because obviously, if if obviously when big films come out like Avengers, like Potter, and stuff like that, you have films that will take up. If you are a ten screen cinema, they take out six. They take at least half of your cinema screens straight out, opening weekend, just to get as much money as possible in. It's oversaturation. It's basic. You see it with every every multiplex cinema in, in the area. It's like it it's it's crazy. But the fact of the matter is, if they did that and they also released it on digital at the same time, and more people are watching it at the cell at home, then they're gonna come, they might go. Well, it might be worth just booking out maybe free screens if. See if this amount of this audience is actually deciding not to go to the cinema, have that cinematic experience. Yeah. And I mean, so, it may, I mean, like I said, I, I think cinemas should be protected. I think, mm. I think they're a great uh, cultural institution. However, this might give, this might force cinemas to reconsider their own um, models in terms of the customer experience. Yeah. Because I've spoken to lots of people who say that they, they, they don't go to cinema anymore because, because of the rude um, uh, the rude attendees and whatnot, all the, all the things people complain about, and it's the fact that nothing gets done by that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, 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 I as as a part of me, I, I don't know. It feels like cinemas have been taking audiences for granted for quite a while. Even simple things. The reason why I'm getting fed up my local cinema is the fact they clearly haven't cleaned the screen in, oh, yeah. since yeah. they've opened, that, and every time a there's a, a flash of white, it's just like, oh yeah, I'm watching a film. Sat in rubbish. Yeah. It's <laughs> just... Oh, oh no, no. Oh, you actually no. The, the literal the, screen. Yeah, yes. the actual screen. I've just, I've just apologised. I just clocked onto that. Have we meant? Oh the no, no. I've, ne- I've never been in the cinema with like the floors have always clean. I mean, the, kudos to the staff. Like, mm. well, we've both been ushers. Like, yeah. I, I, yeah. I tell you this: cinema ushers get paid hardly anything, and they work their bottoms off to make those screens clean in five ten minutes. Especially and rarely do I remember my managers at Cineworld actually, you know, picking up a dustpan mm. and brush. Mm. Um, but no, I know what you mean, but there are times I've gone to cinema screens and it's gone, is that a Coke stain on the screen? Yeah, there is yeah. a Coke stain on the screen. <laughs> it's, it's, it's weird. What, but what is the point of cinemas spending thousands and thousands of pounds on these high-end 8K resolution digital projectors if the thing they're projecting it on is dirty yeah and also to a point if they're not using the right lamp 
uh, lamp oh. wattage as well, because that's that's peed me off no end at, at certain cinemas with 3D screens. Well, see, the art of projection is is kind of is just, just the way of the world is well, dying it, because of digital. Well, media. Yeah, I mean, I I can relate to that because I I was um, in my last my last year and a bit working in cinema. I was uh, a chief projectionist. So it, it just that, it, that, that's quite unusual. That's an unusual role in the fact that it, it actually has a union. It's, it's, it was considered a trade within the industry, well, and now it's become so niche. Well, the fact is, I was looking after the digital projectors. So basically, it was kind of in come the films on hard drives, load the hard drives into the big server that has all the films, send them to the film servers themselves so they can play on the screens. I mean, there's no there's no lacing up or stuff like that. It's just pushing a button so something will go and and by the time basically most i think some it's definitely with things like cine world uh, definitely view and probably definitely showcase that a lot of it's now automated so basically half the time only the manager just needs to pop in there and that's and that's frustrating because when there's clearly something not right with a film or the presentation is subpar you don't have that expertise you don't have that you don't have that um that knowledge on the hand to kind of go well, the customers are saying it's too dark because you haven't activated, you haven't turned the lamp uh, brightness up enough as instructed by the film instructions that come with uh, the film hard drives and the film things and stuff like that. I mean, this could be worse. It could have HDR effects all over it. Oh, God. <laughs> and that would look even weirder. I, I don't understand people. I know we're going slightly off topic, but I never understood people who don't understand that. <laughs> like, how can you not tell? That yeah. you've created this artificial video effect over this beautiful filmic image, and just mm. ah, um, I've just a conversation. I, then again, I get frustrated with people who can't tell the difference between DVD and 4K. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I, I've got friends who I've got friends who generally try to convince me that VHS is so much better. <laughs> it's got warmer colours because it's an analog signal, not a digital. Oh, shut up. Uh. You know the the fact is, I mean, I I, I have I, I think I have friends, I have family who again don't necessarily see the differences, but but basically uh, for me, it's very telling when I've got used to watching a lot of HD content. I've watched a lot of uh, yeah, the one hundred eight OP stuff, and you go, it's like especially if you watch like a Sky HD channel, and then you go to a Sky Normal channel, it looks fucking ghastly. Oh no, I've got cataracts. It's kind of like, I've just put some cling film over my eyes. Why is everything a bit murky? <laughs> but um, no, this, this, could, this could... I mean, yeah, the economic consequences of COVID-19 could break the cinema industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm not that confident. I mean, look at the way Walt, the Walt Disney Company is responding to the, co- the comic book store crisis, if you're familiar with this at all. Uh, I'm not sorry. Uh, I'm not so. Uh, oh, but basically, so obviously, Disney owns Marvel, and that includes the comics. Yep. Disney has not contacted any major comic book store in the United States regarding supplies, and the I, I've read I've read various reports and looked at some video essays on this, and it looks like if this goes on for two months, fifty percent of all comic book stores in the United States of America are gone. Four months, they're all gone. Mm. And <laughs> if Disney don't care about but, this, are Disney going to really care about Cineworld going or The View or Odeon or whatever the chains are in the United States of America, especially when they want to push their streaming service anyway and they want total control? Mm. Uh, uh, that, 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 is a, that is a point. 
But then again, that might you might see the fall of the multiplex, but then you might see the rise of the indie cinemas again. I wish. I wish. I mean, they'll never be able to play 20th Century Fox classics like Alien. Mm. Thanks, Walt. Oh, dear. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's, it, it's, a, it's a weird time. I think it'll be very interesting to see how the online digital stuff works, I guess. And also, hopefully, if, if the digital services are able to uh, handle it as well, because Netflix have obviously recently just kind of lowered bit rates a bit as well which shouldn't be the end of the world unless you are really that anally retentive about how things look you mean us possibly <laughs> but then i don't watch a lot of netflix at the moment but it's it's like i have a subscription and i'm just going i'll watch that later i'll watch that later i'll watch that later i'll watch I, that later i mainly use netflix to binge on tv programs not really mm. film yeah but the last what, what was the last thing i actually watched on it oh it was a john uh john mulaney comedy thing so I'll watch, yeah, oh I'll yeah, that's very good. Yeah, stand, the stand-ups. So I'll probably still watch it for stand-ups. But um, yeah, I mean, even Netflix original films at the moment haven't necessarily got me going. Oh, I must go watch this. It's kind of like eh. I still haven't watched The Irishman. I don't know if I ever will. And well, I, I love, well, I love cinema. I love gangster movies. I love Martin Scorsese. I love De Niro. I just can't be asked. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, they've also got things like Two Popes at the moment, which... Oh, I'm a, that looks pretty it looks, interesting. It, it looks good. It's from the director of, the, I think, The Constant Gardener, and I liked The Constant Gardener. So mm. I'm thinking, oh, that might that might be my alley. But then again, it's like, again, it's like, uh, as much as Netflix have tons of content, there's nothing there at the moment that's making me going, hmm, I really want to watch this. Hmm. Well, it's just like, the, I mean, if Disney Plus can get going and it can incorporate its huge backlog of 20th century properties mm. um and you know we we definitely need um our dinosaur is missing i was trying to name a really bad live action disney movie from the 60s or 70s <laughs> and i just I, I my problem is i get all the names just stuck together because there are so many of them people don't realize just how many films disney and a have lot produced of, and a lot of them did star kurt russell <laughs> Jody, and, and people like Jodie Foster. I, th- um, I think I think we should just call Disney Plus Kurt Russell Plus. <laughs> and just just you is like youthful Kurt Russell, adult oh. Kurt Russell, middle aged Kurt Russell, gruff Kurt Russell. You're describing five Tron movies. <laughs> no, that's Jeff Bridges. Oh yeah, you're right. I always get this mixed up. Yeah. Do you think they've ever been in the same room together? Possibly. I don't think they have. That's that's a thing to research for next time. Have they ever been? Have they ever been in the same film? <laughs> that I don't. Yeah, they must have. They must have. It's it's like it's like um, how um, Jeremy Irons and Alan Rickman never appeared in a film together. I'd like to think they're they're good. One's a good angel. One's a shoulder devil. Ah, okay. Like, and we know who's <laughs> which, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Jeremy Irons is the shoulder devil. With his scintillating conversation. We can't have gay rights because their brothers and sisters will marry. I mean, (laughs) that's pretty much what he said. Oh, dear. I think the the problem, I mean, when when you haven't been, uh, when you haven't had your opinions questioned in 40 years because you're a mega celebrity. Yeah. Do you, think we'll, do you think we'll get like that when we become famous podcasters over the next five years? 
I don't know. We could become depends, the voice depends, of COVID-19. Depends if I can remember what on earth we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks. Oh, it's, I'm, yeah. I, I'm more, I was, I've spent most of my week concerned about can I get these eggs from the supermarket, not I've got to talk about film with my mate Ian. Mm. Oh, yeah, I've just been, I have been kind of pondering stuff. But, uh, but no, I mean, I mean I ha- we, have, we have essentials here at least, so we're, we're okay. Oh, is that why you don't want to give you a dress? So that it's not a case of people giving you bad B-movie merchandise. <laughs> no. <laughs> Go there. He has six months of pasta. No, I don't. I don't Who really does that? Who does, the thing is that if, when this thing calms down, people are going <laughs> to look at their pantry and go, well, crap, I'm going to have to eat pasta for six months. <laughs> no, oh. we don't need a toilet because I'm going to be permanently constipated. Now, that's when people go, I'm going to discover what mummification was all about. Oh, oh dear. Yeah. Uh, but, but, um, um, what's, what's, so what, what do you want to do in terms of our podcast then? So are you suggesting we watch... We just we just continue like normal, but try to use digital platforms. Yeah, I think that I think that's the best. I think that's the best way forward for film raw because yeah. obviously we we want to talk about films that we've watched and so forth. And um, obviously we we had meaty sections of of what we watched in previous episodes, like Call of the World, where we had lots of stuff we were talking about. Um, and I think that's and I think at the moment in in the current climate, that's probably the best way to go about really. So um, I think basically the plan for episodes going forward is we'll try and. Each watch a film, or at least a film or two. So one of yep. us makes a suggestion, and so forth. And like we said it, uh, earlier, it will be made. Hopefully, it is a film that is easily available on one of these platforms, whether it be Amazon Prime, Netflix, Dig- uh, Disney Plus, uh, even even stuff like um, Curzon Home Demand or Movie and stuff like that. Because BFI player or BFI player, there are plenty of there are plenty of. Uh, film streaming sites or stream services available to take advantage of in this situation. So hopefully we're going to find some gold nuggets, uh, some lovely gems and wonders, and we may come across the odd uh, cataclysmic dud. But um, you know what? I think we, I think sometimes we might all need a laugh nowadays. Oh, uh, here, here. No, I completely agree. No, that sounds good. That sounds good. So I guess it's a case of. <laughs> seeing what Netflix randomly throws our way. Oh, we'll have to we'll have to look into the digital world and find out ourselves. But if you but if you our listeners have any suggestions, please let us know at contact at bunkzero.co.uk. Um if it's a, a an interesting film choice, even if it's something that we probably have seen before and we haven't seen in a long time, it might be a nice thing to revisit and kind of go is it good now? Was is it good then? Is it good has now? It, is, has it aged it be, terribly? Like will it me? ever be good? Will it ever be good? <laughs> that sort of thing. It's like when you're young and you're kid and you think, oh, Batman Roy's the greatest film ever made. And then you grow up and you watch it again and go, oh, shit. <laughs> you realise it is the best movie been, that's yeah. ever been made. <laughs> what? Like Space Jam? I love it. <laughs> oh, I'm going to put it out there. The Bane from Batman and Robin is so much better than Tom. I can't say that with keeping a straight face. I, 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 can't. I, I would. I, I know we are supposed to stay indoors as best we can. You'd have driven down I, to Southampton I and slapped would, me in the face, wouldn't I you? I absolutely would have. I would How? have. Go- I would have right? got in the car and I would have driven down and I would have gone. Now I shall break you and break. <laughs> <laughs> what and break my spine? Cheers. Yeah. What kind of yeah. friend are you? I'm the one that cares. Like, are you going to turn up to my wedding, bearing in mind that you're a groomsman, <laughs> dressed as flipping Bane from The Dark Knight Rises? Yeah, and I get the big, get the big sort of puffy brown 
brown furry coat going that's a lovely lovely service and i just bring up detonators and i and i, and I just set off confetti cannons and you're politely but firmly asked to leave leave we shall live but not happily <laughs> oh god it's been that film is eight years old and i'm still quoting bane I mean, look, uh, uh, it's like the fact of the matter is, it's like people keep going, oh yeah, Ben was terrible, stuff like that. It's like, well, no, he wasn't. But the fact, the fact is, the fact that we, we keep quoting him, and the fact is, he keeps popping up in memes and stuff like that. You kind of think, yeah, it's memorable. It, it's, it's, it's carved a little bit in a, a warm place in our hearts. I, I generally think Tom Hardy's performance as Bane is one of the greatest comic book villain roles ever. I think he's, he's up there with Heath Ledger, absolutely. I mean, mm. he's the best. I, I think, mm. it, just to name my favourite, it, it would be Josh Brolin as Thanos, oh, yeah. Tom Hardy yeah. as Bane, and yeah. Heath Ledger as the Joker. They're like the, they're the top three in terms of comic mm. book movie villains. Mm. I also, in, t- in terms of comic book movie villains that aren't really great, but I have soft spot for, for I, do like Con- I do like Conan Farrell in Bullseye, as Bullseye in Daredevil. <laughs> I had forgot that A, that was a film, and B, he was in it, and he played that character. The director's he- cut is better than the original version. It removes some of the very awkward romance scenes between uh, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Gardner, oh, who I think got married uh, married at as a result of the film. Uh, because it's like in, in the theatrical cut, there's like a log, log side fire love scene. I thought, and, it, hey, and, that, they, and that's completely they gone. They were married. They were married. Was this before or after uh, J-Lo? Uh, I think maybe. Uh, ooh. When was Jersey Girl out? Possib- possibly after. I'm not sure. I think possibly after. You know what? Do you know what I'd rather have than a conversation about Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck's clearly arranged marriage? What the coronavirus? Ugh. I don't think they. Ever, I don't think they married. They dated. I don't think they married. Okay, they're they're clearly orchestrated engagement. Ben Benlo. Ben, oh yes! Oh my ben, god! Ben, ben Lo- oh. Every ten oh. minutes on MTV in that year, it was little bloody pop-up news reports on Benlo. Oh, Jafflik! <laughs> that sounds ben like Benlo ben or Jafflik? Benlo Jafflik. Benlo Jafflik. It sounds like the shittest prospector, like. <laughs> What, I'm, you, is, I'm, is, I'm could, Ben Low Jeffwick, and I'm gonna be hunting for gold. Sounds like Dan Stevens in Core of the Wild. Uh, we keep going back to that. Uh, so, but Dan Stevens is a good actor. It's just Core of the Wild was not a good mo- film. A good <laughs> film for him. If you do like a good Dan Stevens film, The Guest is a really good one. Mm. Uh, have you have you heard of The Guest? No, I haven't. Uh, Dan Stevens uh, plays a. Um, returning home soldier from uh, Iraq who comes to see his uh, friend, his uh, friend's family because sadly his friend's passed away. So he kind of stays to look after him. Because I've got to do my duty as a soldier to kind of make sure everyone's, everyone's looked after, everyone's sort of cared for in that sort of way. And it's a bit weird at first, but he starts to bond with the family. And then some government agents turn up and say, yeah, he's a bit of a loose cannon. And very violent. And it becomes like a mini slasher film. It's amazing. Oh, wow. I'll have to give that, we'll have to give that a go. Maybe, yeah, if it's I, on, maybe if it's been digitally streamed, we can yes. review it in the near future. Yes. 
but no, that that was a that was a really good performance from Dan Stevens in that one. And obviously, I I, I kind of I didn't mind the Beauty and the Beast live action version, but that's mostly because I always giggle at the prospect that there's that giant grey uh, CGI suit of the Beast, and uh, I've seen all the behind the scenes stuff for that, and I'm never allowed to wear that. <laughs> Is that your dream? It's just, just I can just tell him say you can animate me as any character you want. I mean, I will, I will point this out. You are allowed to do that, Ian. It's just the consequences involve you being ostracised from society. <laughs> well, aren't we already doing that now? I don't know why we're kind of. I can do it in my own home now. Yes, you can. We have <laughs> the perfect opportunity. Fantastic. <laughs> Yay! Every everything's a silver lining. But until then, we're gonna hold we're gonna hold fire now. So uh yes, we'll be back very, very soon with a brand new episode where we will start talking about films that you can watch and stream during this time. As always, like you said, film suggestions, film merchandise images, all that sort of stuff, send it to contact at bunkerzilla.co.uk. And you can also follow Bunkerzilla UK on Facebook and Twitter at Bunkerzilla UK. But until next time, I've been Ian Bolton, I've been joined by Christian R. Allen. Stay safe. Stay safe and stay cinematic. Bye-bye. Bye.